This podcast represents my opinion and the opinion of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I am not establishing a patient-physician relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions you may have. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Not Your Doc podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa, and I'm joined here today with our producer, Seth, and Dr. Tadros. Hey, gang. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Welcome back. Sweet. Okay, so um, today's topic came from my brain, and um, it's something that I've thought a lot about and and dealt with for years, Um, and that is failure, okay? So... I consider myself to be a a lifelong board-certified perfectionist. (laughs) So I've spent a lot of time in my life trying to do things right. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I mean by right is like this very, very narrow definition of exactly how I expect and want something to go. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, like that extended into school. um, When I started becoming a musician early in my life, uh, everything that I worked on and performed at had to be absolutely perfect um my I was a good writer so everything that I wrote had to be absolutely perfect even like as a little kid doing I remember doing a project in fifth grade on Cahokia Mounds if you're from St. Louis you have gone to Cahokia Mounds (laughs) and you've done some sort of like project or report on it we had to build a model of the mound and I had to write like a one or two page report about it. Mm-hmm. And I had an absolute meltdown the night before it was due because my clay wasn't setting correctly on my my, cl- my little model. I didn't know clay had to set. It was mo- it was modeling clay, whatever. Yes. So it was like the but I mean like absolute meltdown. And I still remember my parents like sitting with me and and help trying to help like talk me mm-hmm. off the ledge and talk me through like mm-hmm. why that might not be an appropriate response to like the actual issue at hand. And I just, I could not, I was so like affronted by even the threat of not getting something completely right that Mm -hmm. it just totally derailed me. So, um, so, you know, success for me was always, you know, uh, success and failure were the two is a binary, Mm -hmm. right? you either succeed and get everything right or you fail and get everything wrong. That was like how I operated in the world. And it's easy. And that's a lot of, a lot of this concrete thinking a lot. And it's yes. appropriate when there are certain milestones when you're growing up, but maybe not whenever you're, how old were you? Do you think? When, when that yeah, happened? Right? Oh, uh, 10, 10 or 11, uh-huh. maybe. Sure. Yeah. No, and I mean, it was like, and I can think of even uh, of examples even younger than that of Mm -hmm. of when it started. But yes, I had extremely like black and white binary thinking, very concrete, could not, you know, consider any other possibilities of things except for things going exactly the way I intended for them to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And I and I also thought that just about everything was in my control, right? That's a good point. Like the modeling clay, the rate at which it dried was supposedly somehow in my control, that I could have made it dry faster. And because I didn't get the clay exactly right, like that the walls are going to come crashing down. Just stuff, you know, it was just, it was not realistic. And I needed a lot of help. I needed a lot of therapy. I needed a lot of, um, 
time, uh, you know, to grow and reflect and have life experiences to understand that, like, okay, maybe this super rigid way of thinking that I either succeed or I fail Mm -hmm. is not only not realistic and not how life is, but it's not good for me. And it's not a recipe to live a happy life or even. That's not what that's not what a 10 year old thinks like. But yes, but you're hopefully somebody watches you and kind of catches that. Yeah. But I mean, like those patterns, like kept repeating themselves through Mm -hmm. throughout all this other stuff that I did in my life. And it took me a long time, like well into my 20s to realize like, oh, maybe this is causing me some real strife and Mm -hmm. I, I need to look at this. Um, I bet you a lot of us have some version of that. Right. So definitely a a breakthrough moment for me was when I realized that it was within my power Mm -hmm. to sort of ditch this binary definition of success and failure and go for something with more nuance. Um, And so what I'd like for us to do today, three of us, Mm -hmm. is to talk about some of our um, experiences we would regard as failures and kind of analyze them as a group. What do you think, yeah, Seth? with adult eyes. I'm down. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. I've been thinking about it all week. Uh. Yeah. Well, I think about yeah. mine all day, every day. No, I'm just kidding. Was it really that easy for you to just drop it like that? Just be like, hey, you know, I'm not going to measure everything by pass or fail. No, know? it was not easy. No, it no. didn't sound like it would be. No, it was certainly not easy. And I had, and it, and actually, the, one of the failures I'm going to share was kind of one of the points where I realized, mm-hmm. like, I either I have this option. I can either continue on as I'm doing and be absolutely miserable mm-hmm. and make my relationships miserable. Yep. Or I can choose to th- start thinking about things a different way. Mm-hmm. And part of that process is letting go of some of these expectations. And there's a mourning process that has to that's go right. through that. And we'll, we'll talk more of that for sure. I think that's important. The, mo- the word mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, mm. not mourning. Good, good morning. Right, but, yeah. Yes, that's right. I, I agree. I think we have, um, I think we're going to vote that you are correct. That you're, <laughs> you have your baccalaureate and your advanced degree in, in perfectionism. Perfectionist. I, I, I got a slogan already or a saying. Go ahead. It's okay to do just okay. All right. There you go. Yeah. My husband likes to say C's get degrees. And that even like that. D's get degrees. He even bumped it up. Like that gives me palpitations, like literally to say that phrase. Like it's just too much for me. By the same token, we don't, we don't want to do half work if we have, we are capable and we had options. So we will talk about that. But yeah, that's excellent. We will. Good. Okay. So, um, how we're going to kind of frame this up is, um, where you know, each of us are going to share some of our, you know, what we consider to be personal failures. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about what our expectation was mm-hmm. um, going into it and how, how we failed to meet that expectation. We're also going to talk about where we got that expectation from. Was it something we put on ourselves? Was the ex- pressure external? Was it a requirement of a job? Something like that. Um, We'll also follow that with how did it make us feel about ourselves going through that? And how long did that experience Mm -hmm. impact the way that we feel about ourselves? And then finally, (laughs) uh, we'll talk about lessons learned and unexpected outcomes. And the the whole goal of this exercise um, is for us to kind of reframe the idea of failure. Part of that will be with perhaps using different language, right? Mm-hmm. We could view it as a challenge or a roadblock or a frustration mm-hmm. as opposed to something as definitive or black and white as success or failure. That's a good point. Um, because if you can think, mm-hmm. if you can contextualize things differently, mm-hmm. you can 
operate differently with them and those memories don't have to loom so large as like a big black cloud and that's what talk therapy if you go spend money at 100 or 150 bucks an hour for a therapist part of it's the reframing and self-talk and the words that we use for ourselves on ourselves so yeah let's let's do it okay sweet all right so i'm gonna kick us off with a nice big whopping failure (laughs) Mm. um this is my idea so i'm gonna go ahead and launch into mine first so um in in high school, I was a really, really great student, and I was also a pretty good test taker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I uh, got a great score on my PSAT and qualified to be a national merit finalist. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. few of them in the United States per year. And then I did really well on the SAT, and I became a national merit finalist. Yeah. Um, Congrats still. Yeah. Thank you. I know. I was kind of proud of myself. <laughs> well, one of the cool things about national merit is that um, there are several universities and colleges mm-hmm. who will give you a, f- a full, full ride yeah, basically right. to um, go to their school if you're a national merit finalist. And uh, interestingly enough, the school that I really wanted to go to uh, that had a highly specialized degree program for what I wanted to study, which was vocal jazz of all things. Okay. Just like a, a one place in the United States to do it. Probably. No, uh, I think there was, there were probably like four or five programs yeah, in the country at the time. Yeah. But the fact that like I could use this scholarship there and mm-hmm. go there at the same time, it was like an ultimate dream come true. Right. Cool. So, um, I got the full ride scholarship to university of North Texas. I auditioned for the program and made it into the program. And that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was there for about a semester and then came home over Christmas break and just had like a complete meltdown. I was exhausted. I had been in school like 50 hours a week for the entire semester, plus trying to do all of these other like extracurricular activities with my church. And I was just completely exhausted and burnt out and depressed and overwhelmed and afraid and anxious. And um, my parents ultimately at the end at the end of that break were like you can't you're you're not going to be able to go back next semester like you have to take a break and i was like man i okay fine so um i was going to be able to take a a semester off without losing the scholarship right um i found a way to get an extension all that kind of stuff um so i was really thrilled about that so i tried going back to school in the summertime i was going to take a couple of summer classes and then um re re re-enroll full-time in the Mm -hmm. fall And I, in my time off, in that semester off, I was still just super, super depressed, not doing very well, didn't make very much progress. And so when I went back in the summer, I was only able to sustain it for like a couple of weeks. And then same thing again, like had to um, come. My dad came down and picked me up and took me home. I mean, I was a mess. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I knew coming home then um, that I had worn out my extension on that scholarship. Mm. And so I lost my full ride scholarship. It was yeah. not transferable to another school. Right. Um, so, I mean, it would have been, you know, probably close to a hundred thousand dollars in value, sure. but you know, if I, if I would have gotten through it and, um, you know, so, okay. So that, that's the failure. The expectation I had was that I was going to go and it was going to be awesome and Mm -hmm. I was not going to have any debt um, to finish school and I was going to get my degree as I had always expected. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got that expectation both for myself, you know, putting that on myself and it being my my intention and my goal, but also, um, you know, the 
the school I was in, which was just a public high school. But I mean, at that mm-hmm. time, you know, this is 2008 ish or so. Mm-hmm. The only message was college is the way, mm-hmm. right? Like sure. you graduate high school and then you go to college because mm-hmm. if you don't go to college, that's, that's for the dumbs and the pores, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to go to college. It's the only way you can and people didn't be come worth out, something. Nobody came out and said those words specifically, I assume. Not the, specifically, right, right. but it was so, they didn't need to, you right. know, it was completely implied in the right. way that everything was structured at school and, you know, the people didn't get accolades, they didn't get praised mm-hmm. for um, deciding to go to vocational training or enroll in the military mm-hmm. or any anything like that, like the only... Mm-hmm. You know, the praise was reserved. I remember them having a big assembly where they listed off the the total amount of money that mm-hmm. graduates were getting in financial aid to go on to their colleges. Mm-hmm. That was right. like the crowning achievement, right? right? Um, so, the, you know, those were the expectations I felt like I, I failed to meet. Um, in terms of, of how it made me feel about myself, I, I was destroyed. Like, I felt... I'd always thought of myself as an excellent student and a mm-hmm. smart person, mm-hmm. right? Um, and a capable person. And mm-hmm. I felt like this was proof that none of those things were true about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of saw it as like, this is like, this is an ultimate failure. Like not, not only right. did I like try and not be able to do it, but like I was chosen, right? right? And awarded and all these other people invested all this confidence in me and money in me thinking that I could do this. Other people didn't get the money you did. Right, exactly. So there was a ton of guilt and Mm -hmm. sadness and frustration and disappointment there. Um, And it lasted for a long time, like a long time. Sure. um, Years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And. How, How did your parents respond or your brother or other relatives yeah, no one put any pressure on me, right? right? Like no After, one, no one blamed me, me. No one like made fun of me for losing my scholarship. Mm-hmm. And people, people felt like compassion for me mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and sad for me that I was sad mm-hmm. and that I had m- not completed something that was really important to me, right? Yeah. So nobody was reinforcing that you're a bad person. Right. How could you do this? You're a waste of resources. Blah blah sure. blah. Like, <laughs> oh, that's a very general statement. You're just a it is. waste of resources. But, yeah, Whatever I mean, you took up today, you yeah. wasted it. <laughs> but I mean, but, that, but it, it is important because what you're saying is representative of what other people have been through some version sure. of, of, of quote unquote failure, and that's generalized in your head to all encompassing and, and just kind of just this albatross around your neck that you're going to have to carry around. Everybody recognizes that you didn't succeed exactly. when you were given all the options and opportunities and right. all the, all the, all the stuff. Yeah. And this. so the, and I, and I, I didn't just walk around with this like bad view of myself, but mm-hmm. everything that I did, I felt like even if it was a success, even if it was mm-hmm. something good right. and positive that I was doing, it could never measure up to that failure. Right. The failure was right. like the ultimate thing, right? right? God, block the sun from anything. Yeah, you couldn't, exactly. you couldn't see sun for the rest right. of your life, right? right. Um, and so th- what I ended up learning from that experience and some unexpected outcomes, um, I think two things. Number one, I, I realized that I didn't want to be a professional musician. And that was actually a pretty important realization for me because I was, if I had completed that degree program, my options were going to be either to be a music teacher, teacher or right. a professional Performer. musician, right. which is a really hard 
grind, True. right? Like on either side, teaching or performing are mm-hmm. both really hard grinds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have this vision for my life to ha- get married and have a family and have kind of a normal mm-hmm. sort of like wake sleep cycle, you know? Um, I And I didn't, I didn't want to be on, on tour right. and go through the grind of self-promotion and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like I just realized that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted it to be in, I wanted music to be something that I loved and that I got it to is. share with other people right. and not my vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately that is the role that music plays in my life now. Mm-hmm. And perhaps if I had, you know, continued on at UNT, that wouldn't have worked out that way. Um, so that was one thing. And then the second thing was that, um, I, all through my twenties, like after I came home and wasn't able to, to, you know, finish at UNT, I was continually enrolling in other classes at the community college. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up getting like over a hundred credit hours (laughs) worth of classes at at the community college. I mean, it was so, it, it was almost a bachelor's degree worth of credits, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. For Yeah, that's right. But I got to learn so much cool stuff. Like mm-hmm. I took art classes and and you know, painting mm-hmm. and music appreciation and all kinds of business classes and mm-hmm. writing and um you know, uh, women's studies classes mm-hmm. and um multidisciplinary studies. I took a, you know, African American history class, like mm-hmm. just stuff that really enriched my experience, my learning, my understanding of the world around me. I found new things that I was good at and more Mm -hmm. things that I like to do. Um, And once again, if I had stayed at UNT with that very, you know, narrow thing that I was doing, I don't think I would have, you know, encountered some of those amazing ideas and works that I got to read and be exposed to. There's always opportunity, no matter how good you are. In fact, the better you are at something, the more mm-hmm. focus you get on earlier, whether you're playing tennis or, you know, music. And, and so you have an opportunity cost. You miss out on a lot of other things because you're focused, especially if you focused early. Right. And so you miss you tend to miss out. Maybe you catch up some some of it later mm-hmm. in life, but it's uh, not, not whenever you're younger. Yeah. So that was, um, you know, that kind of big academic failure or whatever early on really set, a, mm-hmm. you know, a tone for how I felt about myself for a long time. And once again, um, you know, getting back to the idea of expectations, like I had to decide like, OK, I'm not going to I'm not going to measure my value as good or bad and tie it to what I if if I have a bachelor's degree or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I did end up finishing an associate's degree there Mm -hmm. and I do intend to further my education down the road, but Mm -hmm. I'm still, um, a contributing member of society. I'm still a smart, capable person. I'm not Mm -hmm. a waste of resources. (laughs) Um, even though I didn't capitalize on that one specific opportunity, like I wanted to. Um, and, and part of, I mean, part of this is that, we want people to understand uh, as we talk about this and when we talk to our patients and, and our ketamine clinic, right. we want people to understand that this is, a, even if they haven't voiced it, if they haven't uh, looked in words with the help mm. of therapists or whomever, uh, that, that that's oftentimes what's happening, that they yeah. have not uh, broached this idea. And I ask people about perfectionism and I remind them, perfectionism doesn't mean that your car and your bed and your bank account and everything is perfect. There are certain pieces in your life that, that you have a hard time letting go of right. because you see imperfections and you know that you can make it better if you just right. held on it for longer, et cetera. And it leads to all sorts of problems, including procrastination yes. and, and depression and substance abuse, all sorts of 
stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Self-worth issues. And so, yeah. 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 Self-worth, con- control. Control. Very um, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and it impacts relationships, too, which Absolutely. brings me to my second big failure um (laughs) or a way that i i felt like i really missed the mark um my my husband and i dated for three years i guess before we got married and then um and we did like nine months of premarital counseling or something before we got married sure and um didn't live with each other before we got married so we like checked a lot of boxes of like stuff they say supposed to like set you up to be happily married right yeah you did the work um and about I think it was like a year year and a half into it or whatever we were just miserable into your marriage in our into our marriage yeah mm-hmm, we yeah. were miserable and we separated mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. like six months like i moved back into my parents house mm-hmm. um it was a really 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 hard time mm-hmm. and i felt like i had failed that time on like a cosmic and spiritual level, bigger, even bigger, right? <laughs> even bigger than you know, screwing up a scholarship, right? Mm-hmm. That this was something that was like so sacred and mm-hmm. important to me, and sure, um, you know, I had this expectation going into it, of course, that I was going to be able to stick it out no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I both come from you know lines of longtime married people, yep. right? So sure. we had that modeled to us. Um, I thought that we had done everything right between the, you know, the, the counseling and just, I, I thought we had managed our expectations correctly, yeah. gotten the right tools. People let you, let you get married. They stamp, they came to the wedding. Yes. They kind of stamped their, yes, their, their, they gave their stamp, a stamp of, of approval. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. Right. And, um, and so the dynamics of living with another person for mm-hmm. the first time, mm-hmm. also managing my own mental health mm-hmm. with another person involved, um, you know, money, how we spent our time, communication mm-hmm. between, you know, someone th- that you're living with for the first time, all of those things were way more challenging than I mm-hmm. expected them to be. Um and I had a very narrow and rigid idea in my mind of like what our relationship was supposed to look like. Ought to, yes. And so if we weren't, it it caused me so much distress, you know, to feel like we're not meeting the expectations of what I had set up That's in right. my brain my whole life of what a good marriage would be. Sure. Romantic and time spent together and long conversations about feelings mm-hmm. and deeply connected and you know mm-hmm. sure. combined bank accounts and you, know, you had like, it all planned out i had it all planned out and amazing incredibly and if, if how people, dare it if people would just listen to if they would just read, listen read, to me just read your mind and listen to what's in your head <laughs> exactly. it would have been fine how dare it not go exactly the way that i wanted it peop- to other people don't have their head in their uh, brain in their in their head to, to that uh, they have their own thoughts exactly yes. just the audacity i couldn't i couldn't believe that, it. That, that kind of special mind reading ability that none of us seem to have right uh is uh is actually another thing that gets us into trouble yeah sure. yeah so um that was um you know and so my my rigid thinking and my lack of ability to um even communicate what my expectations were right. and then deal with my feelings sure. about how not it not living up to my expectations, mm-hmm. how it was impacting my feelings. Uh, all of that. It would just it was it was a nightmare, you know, Well, even if you brought it, even if you had insight or it came out during 
whatever premarital counseling or whatever and it's once again it's very extremely what people don't realize is just because you say it out loud doesn't mean that all of a sudden oh you have insight and you're going to be able to let it go or you're yes. going to be able to live with something other than your the video the image the videotape that you have in your head of how things should be sure uh, sometimes you double down on it yeah. if it comes out now it's exposed now everybody should listen and and, and come and toe the line yeah yeah exactly so that was you know an extremely challenging time and um Eventually, we did work through it. We sure. talked about this on our marriage episode. and um, But it was like, you know, it was incremental, you know, mm-hmm. cha- changes, very gradual. Not just um, you, but your husband not had just to. Me. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, was, it, was, it was both of us. Right? We had to really make some some adjustments, and it was hard, hard work. Yep. Um, backsliding? You had some, some moments of backsliding? Oh, in of terms course. Of, yeah. yeah, there was lots of like, oh, I feel like this is resolved. And then it turns out it's not resolved. And then <laughs> we resolved a little bit. And, <laughs> and and one of the hardest things, too, was like realizing that we had gotten to this place where we were like so embittered towards each other. Yes, we were just yes. frustrated and angry and bitter towards mm-hmm. each other that neither of us could give the other one the benefit of the doubt, That's right. right? Yeah, like, yeah I couldn't let the other one breathe. Just in the same room breathing yeah. just annoyed you, right? Just, yeah. Just, yes. And it, it just sucks the life and it the does. air out of a relationship when you're at that point together. Yes. So, um, again, that's a whole other talk, but it... I felt really bad about myself. Um, that you know, failure or whatever. Felt I felt really bad about myself um, for not being able to make it work. Mm-hmm. I felt like it reflected badly on me as a person and a partner and a woman mm-hmm. and a wife. Um, all the hats that you wear. All the hats that I, I was trying to wear. Um, and I felt like it reflected poorly on like how I was doing, like spiritually, my mm-hmm. relationship with God. You know that if I had just been more Mm -hmm. devout or observant that Mm -hmm. maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Interestingly, those bad feelings about myself didn't last quite as long Mm. um, because it was this really, once we were on the other side of the separation started like building things back together, I realized Mm -hmm. what a formative and important thing, honestly, that it was in our relationship. It wasn't just, because we really did work. Yep. Like it was a struggle to get back yes, from that. Um, and now I'm very grateful mm-hmm. that we went through that and had that time together. Yeah. Um, well, you turned into something. A lot of people's separations, sometimes months to years later, that's when the divorce finally exactly. finalizes. So exactly. a lot of people don't get back ever ever this strong. That's, that's a really separation. good point because I, I really <clears throat> thought, I thought that's, the direction sure. that things were going yep. in. And that would have been an ultimate failure for yeah. me. You know, yeah. that failed marriage, period, end of story, divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so thankfully we were able to salvage something and work through it. But I, I actually learned a lot of valuable lessons. And that was a, a really, um, I was kind of forced mm-hmm. in that situation to take a hard look at myself and about the unrealistic expectations that I had absorbed from um, the world around me and the relationships mm-hmm. that I saw around me and sort of like society's expectations of things being perfect. Yeah. Um, do you think the first, you, the, you just, you picked two. Do you think the first thing prepared you for the second thing better? You were more mature 
after after co- the college uh, issue not, that, that not you, really, you don't think honestly. it paints interest in? No, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, fine. I'm just asking. But you know how it's, so the college thing <clears throat> took a long, long time to get over? Mm-hmm. I actually had to work through some of those issues from that initial failure in order to work through the issues in marriage. They're okay, very so overlapping. They do. There is some overlap. Yeah. But, yeah no, and uh, that's kind of the thing, too, is sort of like if you have if you have an issue in your mm-hmm. In your personality or your right. thought processes, that tend it tends to affect a lot of That's different right. things, right? Yep. Same ha- same brain, yeah. same same past uh, impacts all the actions and how you see things, how you filter things. Yeah, right, exactly. So those are kind of my my two big Excellent. ones. Let's kick it to Seth. <clears throat> Top that, Seth. Oh, I. Can't. <laughs> I feel so bad about mine now. You made me feel so worse after all these years of trying to, 20 years of trying to feel better. Oh, well. 19 years of trying to feel better. Uh, so you talked about your scholarship. Um, I barely graduated high school because I got kicked out. Okay. So uh, I was a bad kid. I was, well, no, I was we're a gonna, good we're, so, we're, so let's. Uh, we got to yeah. challenge it so we, right we there. Have, so we want to, uh, no, you can use the word bad, but we, part of what we're trying to do for ourselves, internal uh, or self-talk, externally, whenever you mumble to ourselves, and also the word bad, because I know what you mean by bad. I generally, yeah. I generally know because you're going to explain some more. But I want some of this stuff is like you know the you know I was you know, I was not ready for it. I was immature. Whatever uh-huh. it was like that's more specific and stuff like that. But yes, please tell me. Don't let me. I was too the much. Uh, I was a good person. <laughs> I was a good person. I didn't, I didn't mean any harm to anybody. D- right? that's, that's, uh, that's true. You know, I, I, believe, yeah. I even attended church every once in a while. My, my mama. Uh, you know she <laughs> talked me into going every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. I was the punk skater kid and. Okay. Um, I was a bad student. We'll, we'll say that. I yeah. think that's fair. I was definitely a bad student. I did like not you, like school. Like, like oh. you bad in that you didn't work hard at it and apply yourself to it, or you had trouble. Uh, both. Both. Really, okay. Yeah. If you think about it. Um. Yeah, I was uh, the Pink Floyd song, "Another Brick in the Wall." Yeah. Sure. Uh, that really spoke to me. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was. That, I'll just sum it up with that. Yeah. Um, so I would skip class a lot, mm-hmm. and I ended up. Um, my junior year, I got uh, kicked out of school after multiple warnings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, they had me on camera sneaking out, and they'd show it yeah. to me. Like, is that you? Like, you know it's me. <laughs> skip all this. But <laughs> So, anyway, I um, I had to go to this uh, school. It's called Lafayette High School. This was in my hometown of Jacksonville, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And that was the, uh, quote, bad kid school, for lack, yeah. for lack of a better term. School for ne'er-do-wells. Yeah. 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 When will they That's, do well? Ne'er. Ne'er. Probably Wait a minute. This becomes a breakfast club. And now, wait a minute. I can see this turning okay, yeah, well. Exactly. Okay, please, yeah. please tell it, us it more. Yeah, yeah, I made some friends more. in there. Yeah. I made some friends in there like it's prison. In prison. And that's funny because I kind of like. Do you say it. what are you in for? And all the all the <laughs> yeah, other people. Yeah, yeah. people would ask. You know, why why are you here? Yeah. You know, and stuff yeah. like that. But um, it was funny because there was kids that went there because you know they brought a knife to school. Right. They get into mm-hmm. fights. They sure. maybe drugs or or um, mm-hmm. paraphernalia or some kind of uh, yeah. something like that. Um, and I felt like I was I, I my thing was poor attendance mm-hmm. and um. Really, really poor attendance. Well, and, um, it was almost like so, a white collar crime there. Yeah, I, I, felt like they, I felt like the guy that was in for embezzlement, <laughs> and my cellmate like choked somebody to death. <laughs> so uh, that was that was my story. But you know, I I actually had friends that were already there, so it mm-hmm. wasn't not super close. But mm-hmm. you know, and um, you know, I I was a skater, and we we go and skate every day after school. And um, I'll tell you how I graduated. I ended up um, I have some notes here. Yeah, I uh, was like a full credit shy. 
towards oh, wow. the end after going to the school for yeah, so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, and let me paint the picture. It's a very old building. All the teachers are uh, big male. Mm-hmm. Like some of them are ones a, was a, a self-defense uh, instructor. Yeah. Uh, the other one uh, worked at the jail. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, you know, um, so yeah, they kept everybody under yeah. control, but there would still be like fights and like cops would have to come and like search people. Well, is it mostly male, uh, female students, or is it mostly male? It, it, was, it was like all everybody. Yeah, it was, it was pretty the, diverse yeah. actually. Gotcha, R- really diverse. Gotcha. Um, oh, not making a joke here, but like lots of visibly pregnant, very young girls. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it, that was kind of almost a trend, and even in the school I left, almost. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, uh, like I said, I was like a credit short of graduating. And the principal's like, well, you're an artist, aren't you? And he's like, he, well, he's the only one that's not tough. All of his <laughs> teachers are tough. He's like this nerdy guy. He kind of reminds me of uh, Danny Tanner, I think, from Full House. Is that, okay, <laughs> is yeah. that the dad's name? Yeah. Uh, Bob Saget's character. Yeah. So yeah. he was like that, but with a mustache. Okay. I swear, he even looked and sounded like him. Awesome. But he was a good dude. Um and he's like, you're an artist? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I want you to paint. I'm going to give you a full art credit to paint the cafeteria. And I had all these goofy, like, ideas for, like, talking food, like, veggie tail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, cartoon characters. And he's like, just have fun with them. I'm like, okay, because I'm an artist. I have a notebook full of, like, mm-hmm. faces melting and, like, satanic yeah, 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 yeah. demons <laughs> and, like, s- <laughs> like creepy clowns. Okay. Was kind of a Got thing it. Mine too. I was really, I wanted to be, like, uh, <laughs> I had I went through a short like uh, Stephen King. King yeah, I wanted to be a horror. Clive Barker, I think, would be a better example. Like, okay. I wanted to be a horror writer. Okay, and I actually wrote some of my own stories. Nice, and stuff, very so cool. That was a short-lived dream, but you know, I'd maybe revisit that someday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I painted the goofy uh, characters on the wall, and it came out really cool. And that's how I ended up graduating. Yeah, and that's I awesome. actually kind of felt bad because like we graduated with the other school. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I got the red gown. And the girls wore the white. You know, mm-hmm. I was back with my sure. old classmates. Like, yeah, hey, how you been? You're out. Yeah, right. <laughs> like they came and picked me up or something. Like, right. uh, and then I even went to the graduation party afterwards in this big field. And of course, there was alcohol. And yeah. he's <laughs> hanging out. And I told my friends, like, I didn't, I don't feel like I did the same thing as you. And mm-hmm. like, no, we all did it. So, you know, yeah. you're right. good to go. And it was, good were, friends. Yeah, they were actually pretty supportive. They were really yeah. happy to see yeah. me at the graduation. That's awesome. So that was really comforting because i was like so nervous about going because mm-hmm. i don't know if i guess some people get nervous before their graduation or whatever but I, the, the way i was feeling was i don't belong here mm. and i don't think a lot of people go to their graduation feeling like i don't mm-hmm. like everybody's gonna look at me like and boy i got some cheers though when they announced my name. i was like Argh! a lot of girls out there <laughs> popular. yeah so no it was a good night um uh, just looking back, I just f- still to this day don't feel like I did the same thing as those other guys. But mm. um, I do want to say one thing, something I live by. Um, I don't want to take up too much time. I'm no, Dr. Fine. Tadros, I can't wait nope. to hear about. No. He must have been I'm up down, all I'm, night. I'm ch- I when keep, have I ever yeah, what have I, I keep, ever <laughs> I keep rearranging Forgot stuff. to take out the trash. <laughs> yeah, you wish. Uh, but... Um, yeah, so the the little saying I have is I really believe in like the ripple effect, you know. So mm-hmm. if you're happy where you're at in life right now mm-hmm. to this day, like I am, and I believe mm-hmm. we all are, um, you can't regret anything mm. because one little difference in your past, and you might be somewhere completely different. Yeah, exactly. it's true. So yeah. 
like they say, would you go back and stop Hitler? And people would say, well, of course. And some people say, well, I don't know. Maybe something worse happens yeah. because of that, which you'd have to be pretty bad. That's a crazy yeah. example. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the what idea. Yeah. So that's what I do to take off uh, mm-hmm. that, not pressure, but just that feeling when uh-huh. you think about it. Because we all stay up late at night thinking about that. One day sure. we forgot, and it's been 15 years since we thought about it, but today <laughs> yeah. we're, thinking we're embarrassed all over. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, ah, but you, you, know, you can't regret anything if you're happy. Because everything led to where you're at. I like the idea of the ripple effect. And I think that's another way to reframe the idea of failure, right? That like, like it had a purpose, right? Your choices or whatever led you to that spot Mm -hmm. had a purpose. And that purpose got you to here. Right. (laughs) Was to get you to here, right? Yeah. They say, are you on a good path? You just needed to be on a path. Yeah. Because you're going to learn a lot of stuff along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think think what I tell, what I tell patience I tell myself and I tell is that is just like you said you are where you're supposed to be mm-hmm. and what you've done is because of mental health and because of support and all sorts of other things that play into it that you that you figure your way through things these hurdles and stuff like that it's not you wish you couldn't have it didn't have them it'd be nice but but because you had them but you still are here and you still have, have succeeded maybe not the way you picture whenever you're teenage or preteen but you're you're here and you made your own path yeah it's a very big deal Oh, and uh, uh, expectations. I skipped over that yeah, part. Yeah, that's okay. Because I'm not... Uh, are we going back to... Uh, I guess when I got kicked out, I was expecting, you know, this is a second chance, so it's just going to happen for me. And if I mm. just show up and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things will work itself out, I'll get caught up, whatever. And then as the clock's hit ticking, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to graduate on time. Mm. So I did kind of have to bust my ass there for a while. Yeah. So, you know. But uh, I don't know. As far as expectations go, I just kept telling myself, I'll go to college someday. I'll figure it yeah. out. I want to be a graphic design videographer, get into digital art, yeah. and, which so I So it's just now. sort of a, an assumption, a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. that that's yeah. where you would end up. I guess it's an assumption. Like, how bad can things get if I at least try a little bit every day? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very appropriate. Yes. Oh, that's good. And then I ended up in the Army because that, that, <laughs> that wasn't working. So I joined. But, the, I joined the army. And, but you're doing artistic. You're doing your mm-hmm. your version, adult version of paying the bills and the artistic oh, yeah. way with artistic talents. Yeah. Yeah, I do digital art. I do some audio production. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as you can see here, I uh, videography. I love those mm-hmm. things. I tell people digital art and culinary art are my two favorite things. Beautiful. I do, I do them both for a living. Yeah. So. Awesome. Love it. All right. All right. Now, Doctor Tadros is going to tell us how he killed a man. Yeah, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Um, well, there, literally, there, 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 are literally hundreds, if not thousands. But I'll, I'll pick uh, two, two easy ones. Um, I was my senior year of high school. Back then, we did term papers. I, I, I did. I picked a difficult topic. I picked how to train for the, uh, uh, how to train for the quarter mile. I was a, ran track at that time, and of course, uh, my, 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 my cards, my three by five cards, all that stuff, and nights and procrastination and everything. And it was, I, I was very proud of it. My mom had to type it back then. You typed it with footnotes. Uh-huh. So you had to, uh-huh. you had all the margins and everything and, uh, and uh, turn it in uh, like two minutes late. And they automatically deducted uh, a point from all the, like the five sections, the five different grades oh, that you get for no, stuff yeah. like that. So it went from an A plus to like a B plus. Hold on, so you, like at the end of a period or what? It, no, how, how did right. you have to turn it in? Right. So this is, yeah, you had to physically, yeah, back then you actually typed it up and you kind of, and you actually 
took a uh, took the original back then, uh-huh. and you actually handed it in, and you had to hand it in by a certain time. Okay. Uh, nowadays, you just uh, you know you log in and you finish your yeah. test, and it just whenever you log out or whatever, or upload it. But it wasn't it do it like, like a that. class period. No, this is no, this is a term paper. So this is a multi month. Oh, okay. Multi month research okay. thing. So anyway. Yeah. So uh, so. As much of uh, much effort and perfection, my mom staying up all night yeah. to type it all these oh, all nighters and stuff like that. So you know, literally 40, 40 plus years later, I still remember that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I didn't think it was unfair. I didn't think it was unfair. Uh, uh, there, there was a definite t- deadline. I knew about it. Blah blah blah. So there's no doubt about that. But uh, what I didn't recognize about myself, and they continued until a few years ago, that I did not recognize about my sense of perfection, about my sense of, uh, especially whenever it comes to knowledge-based stuff or, mm. or, thing, or information, mm-hmm. that, that, I, that I have a little perfectionistic streak about that, that it, I have a hard time letting go of something or, or not, or, you know, the same thing with emails, all sorts of stuff like that, my version of that. Um, so, but that, that was kind of the beginning, and I, I didn't mind, it was, it was shown as a grade issue, uh, it, was not, it was not a personality uh, issue or, mm. or something that may hamper me somewhere else in my life, but it turns out that looking back, that's probably where I got it. Part of it is I'm, I'm an immigrant, I'm the eldest son, <clears throat> part of it is that, that I'm supposed to be a smart one, people come to me for advice and help, et cetera, et cetera. And so this was kind of a kind of an extra piece of this kind of, it wasn't gonna be about whales or anything else like that, mm-hmm. it was gonna be about something that was kind of difficult back yeah. then. We didn't we didn't have, our, our libraries are much smaller, you have to have inner library alone to get sure, books yeah. and, and back then. So, Getting the resources was a lot yeah, harder. Yeah, to, absolutely. You know, all these things and sit down with a book and write it down on three by five cards, all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff like that. But that was that was the beginning, and so it's only decades later, literally forty years later, that I finally understand about myself this little piece of not everything else in my life. This little piece where my smarts uh, equals a good grade, and people reward me and compliment me for that. People mm-hmm. rely on me for that and stuff like that. So it, it kind of translated to other things in my life. Uh, I became a physician, and that that allowed me with it, with another degree and license to, to to be able to quote unquote help people. But what it, a lot of it was about myself. It turns out my ego was kind of vested into that mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. Um, and that and unfortunately in real life you have more than one job, you have more than one thing to do per day right. and stuff like that. So that was, that was the first one. Um, <clears throat> so how did it make me? you feel about yourself when you, well, I felt, I felt like, I mean, I felt of course terrible about myself. I knew I did good work. Uh, you know, everything, the, 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 the topic and the, the English and the syntax and mm-hmm. the grammar and the spelling and the footnotes, everything was really fantastic, but I didn't recognize that one piece that, that, what they're trying to show, and that's, they don't they don't say it out loud. The one piece is that the deadlines yes. are you know, that you have to serially maybe multitask, but it's actually serially task. And sometimes you won't get be able to get everything down on paper that you think you need to yes. do, but it needs to be in just like any project, any right. any anything else. That, Completion that is almost more yeah, important than it is. perfection. So that or was, it is more important yeah, than perfection in a lot of in a lot of ways, and especially for other people, not not back then, but other people are relying on you to get your piece done, mm-hmm. so they can move on or they can get paid or whatever it is. So that's the first thing. Oh, yeah. uh, so it took me literally decades. I hadn't thought about it that seriously and blah, blah, blah. Other things had come up a long ways. But now, many years later, I see the connection from way back when it potentially started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's the first thing. The next thing, uh, so that's that's the first thing. The, the next one was whenever I was in med school, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I, I loved learning. I loved studying. I loved understanding. I loved people. But uh, I didn't like kind of the regiment of med school. Um, I did not enjoy it uh, that much. 
I like the last two years. The first two years are kind of the book years. Yeah. They sit down in class. Back then we sat down in class and uh, take notes and stuff like that and look at slides. Uh, and then uh, overheads and slides and stuff like that. So the second two years is when we start seeing patients. You know, once again, uh, you, you have to have some base of knowledge. I loved learning. I love learning the way I wanted to learn, not necessarily the way that uh, they, they taught and stuff you. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Um, and so at the, towards the end of med school, you do a match in order to bat residency. So that is a quote unquote match program. You interview at other places. This is so graduate school is med school. Postgraduate is, uh, is residency. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I did not know what I wanted to do. And uh, I was interested in a lot of things. But uh, and so I did not go. I was out of 130 people, like two of us did not go through this match where everybody in the country who's finishing up med school goes through the match to decide where they're going to do residency and mm. what they're going to do it in. So I was a handful of people that purposely did not go through the match mm. and, and stuff like that. Totally, I mean, I was embarrassing, all sorts of shameful because everybody else and their mother, it's an exciting time because that's your next step of your life. After four years of med school, you do a residency anywhere from three to seven years, depending on what you want to do. So can um, I ask you a question? Like sure. Did you did you opt out of doing right. the match, or did yeah. you not qualify I for did, it? No, I okay. opt out. There's no such thing as not qualifying. Okay. I was graduating. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I, because I wasn't sure about what I wanted to okay. do and stuff. And there, it's a big commitment once you match, right? Because sure. that's your specialty that's and right. where you're going to be training. That's right. And, okay, all right. right. That's right. So you're, it's kind of kind of an obligation that they, they've reserved a slot for you, and they ma- the match is uh, that I choose them and they choose me. Got it, got it. So it's kind of a blind, uh, blind uh, I'm blinded to who they, who all the, these other places I interview uh, where, uh, they're going to select and how they're going to rank order the, the people that interviewed with them yeah. and stuff like that. Anyway, so I did not do the match because I wasn't sure about a lot of stuff in life, but that also stemmed from my kind of sense of, 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 uh, of kind of thinking highly of myself, perfectionistic of myself. Mm. I'm too intellectual to kind of slow down and be hogtied to to this process. But what, what it was is that I didn't understand enough about myself to understand that it doesn't have to be perfect, that you're not locked in for life. And mm. that the, and nowadays youngsters know this better than, than, than we did 40, you know, 30 and 40 years ago, that, that not everything is locked just because you have your degree doesn't mean that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to make money and that's the only way you're going to be happy. So that's, that's another piece that took me a long time to figure out. Um, and that rigidity that I had, and we talk about our, some right. of our, our, our rigidity, our, our concrete thinking, and our rigidity, inflexibility about ourselves, mm-hmm. and sometimes the translates to inflexibility about others, yep. um, uh, was something that blocked me from from a lot of things. So whenever I look at youngsters now who want to do medicine or whatever else, I don't always take it to me that they want to do go to med school or they want to go to nursing school. They uh, what I'm interested in, and this is what I ask myself nowadays: what do you what do you enjoy? Now it may show up as a profession it may show up as a degree mm-hmm. may show up as other things but some things don't have to you know right. uh, so that was something that uh, I learned about myself um, that kind of that little bit of haughtiness because I was kind of stuck about but my 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 critical thinking and my sure. my, my intellectual piece sure. that prevented me from being realist so what um what was the lesson from that what eventually mm-hmm. opened up to you sure. after making that choice yeah so f- serendipity so uh so I um I, I didn't go through the match, so we graduated from med school. I'm supposed to do a little bit of research. Uh, um, uh, um, I was going to be in a lab doing some rat research, and I decided after a few a few weeks of doing that, that was not going to be for me. And I went to the head of the lab, who himself was an MD but does research also, and I said, hey, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, go get a one-year internship, because in the state of Missouri, all you need after med school is one year of 
training uh, as an in, as an intern uh, somewhere in order to get to be able to get your license in order so you can go moonlight and make money as an as a physician. So you can't in the state of Missouri, actually in the whole United States, you can't. You have to do uh, at least one year of, of of training, pass med school in order to get licensed in the state in order to to go practice moonlight. Moonlight means work after hours for an emergency room. For, in my case, you couldn't take boards. That's right. So, well, so right? yeah, it's a little okay. more complicated. There are right. two. Uh, my, there are two boards in med school, uh, second year, and then uh, towards the end of, uh, uh, and then uh, then you do. Uh, then there's a boards towards the uh, at the end of your residency. Okay. So anyway, so I uh, like on a Monday, I put together my CV, my my my, my resume. Uh, I sent it out on Tuesday to several places around town. Several several hospitals have residency programs here in St. Louis. I sent around town to places that may not have filled their mm-hmm. their for internal medicine or transitional year these are two different types of residencies but anyway so i sent it around town uh, st john's mercy the, the 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 program that was there the the program head of <clears throat> the graduate program head said hey we already filled out 10 slots but i'm going to pass your your cv up to the chairman of internal medicine internal medicine department called me like on a wednesday i interviewed on a thursday and i started on a sunday um and that's where i met my wife and i eventually became a chief resident and that's where i where i sit before you today wow. not not through an not through the traditional path yeah. for, for a guy who grew up in the straight and narrow yeah but, but once again like we all have learned and i think that's one of our lessons is that um your ability to be flexible to, um. sometimes you're kind of squeezed and formed and, and you know, uh, punched through and stuff like that in order to kind of conf- to, to change. But through kind of, uh, we're able to con- kind of uh, change our expectations and our kind of essentially our lives is what, yeah. is, is what happened. But anyway, so that's part of, it's not, I don't recommend this to most people. Uh, certainly there's a, there's a well-worn path for people to, in medicine for instance, to, to, to follow. Mm-hmm. But it's not, if you're not one of those people uh, you know, there's certain things you have to do in order to get a license, blah, blah, blah. We know this, but the, not everything is as automatic as it, as they lay it out for you. Right. And, uh, so yeah, I found, I found my own way, um, that way. Um, uh, and one more time, whenever I just said in the same vein, um, I was pre-med, you know, an undergrad, um, um, I, I was a, a biomedical engineer, didn't, didn't like it the first semester. So I changed to human physiology, still pre-med, still going to go to med school. And, um, there's a weed out course where weed out means mm-hmm. this is where they torture you yes. <clears throat> to try to get people to <laughs> essentially fall. Yeah. So it's the second year at the university of Illinois. Biology 110 and 111. I knew I was not going to be able to. I knew I was just I was going to get swallowed up. Uh, 800 people lecture halls, literally. <clears throat> it was uh, so I I, uh, I happened to pick human physiology as my major, where it allowed me to do other coursework rather than biology 110 and 111. Probably the best choice. People say you got to have the hardest, you got to go the yeah. best, and stuff like yeah. that. Well, it turns out I knew myself emotionally yeah. uh, that I was not. I'm not one of those types of people. Uh, so I end up uh, picking uh, a couple of other courses that I loved, 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 uh, human physiology yeah. and botany uh, that uh, allowed me to ha- keep my sanity, still pre- be pre-med, graduate on time with good grades and, and, and eventually go to med school. So once again, a lot of stuff that's not traditional, not the tra- mm-hmm. traditional path, uh, and but but uh, and I would never have thought I grew up in the straight and narrow, right. uh, and I would never think I would deviate from the traditional path. But it, it uh, I forced my, it was forced upon me, or I forced myself into it, and it worked out partly because we keep we keep marching ahead, just like uh, Seth. Uh, we just kind of put of one course. foot in front of the other, and that's the theme here. I I think 
I love what you just said there about I knew myself emotionally, so I decided to make a different choice for mm-hmm. something that was going to work better for me. I think that that is such a like a critically important right. part of this that right. like something that we learn from um, failure or challenges yep. or missing the mark or, or whatever yep. is about ourselves, right? About right. our nature, mm-hmm. um, the things that make us tick, the things that drive us crazy, the things that are really, really difficult for us. Yeah. And you can set yourself up for future better things mm-hmm. by kind of, oops, by kind of matching up like where your strengths are with, right. with where your opportunities are. And we'll kind of get into that more in our second part mm-hmm. here. Um, but you, I don't think, I mean, you probably would have had to have bumped up against that truth in, sure. in some other experience, right? So, like, was there a different weed out course that you had taken or something like that that you were like, I know I don't want to do this? No, I was just, I, 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 whenever I went to University of Vermont, my freshman year, whenever I had, to, I, halfway through my freshman year, I changed uh, majors. I recognized I was just, I was drowning. I, I, yeah, was, a, okay. I, was, a, I was a straight A student in yep. high school and people loved me and mm-hmm. I was smart. I was the eldest son of an immigrant mm-hmm. family. And I went to University of Vermont and I just, I just got, a, got I, swall, I swallowed up physically, emotion, all that stuff. Yeah. Everything was just too much and too massive for me and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So the quickie answer is, I, I was kind of. I'll, I'll say, I know people don't like uh, uh, physical these these abusive metaphors, but I was kind of beaten into submission that hey, I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not going to survive if I don't take control of my my destiny. And yeah. part of it is like everybody, my, the PhD, the the, the the PhD who is our our, our preclinical advisors or pre med advisor said you got to take this course. Everybody and their mother uh-huh. takes this course. I'm like I didn't want to tell them everything. I said I've so I went and literally I looked at the course catalog for my major and I found literally I remember left page about a third of the way down small print human physiology majors can substitute these two courses there you for, go you found your loophole i found a, a loophole it's a loophole they put it there for people like me i one person that yeah. probably took care took advantage of it but i want to remind people yeah it's that you kind of it's not because because you don't give up and it's i did not know the way forward on any of these i was not sure about the way forward with sure. any of these things sure. and i want people to understand that you could ask for help i didn't know how to ask for help by the way you could ask for help uh, there are other uh, ways and part of it that you take pride in that you took charge yes and that's, I think, as opposed to like, I took pride and got an A in a weed yeah, out course. Yeah, 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 what yeah, I did yeah. is got, took pride and I got an A on on uh, on something that I enjoyed. And, and to this day, I just bought uh, I just bought another human physiology textbook the, uh, a few days ago yeah. because I love it. Uh, it's not because I was beaten into submission to take a biology course. Yeah. And hated it for the rest of my life uh, oh, type stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Sure. Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for yeah. participating Fun. in that exercise with me. I feel so much worse about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, you know, I, I hope that people can kind of take away from this, like the value of self-reflection. Yeah. Dr. Tadros, you and I talk about this all the time. Sure. I definitely think that we see this in our patients, too, right. that a, a failure to reflect deeply about things that you have um, been mm-hmm. through, to gain insight about how those experiences mm-hmm. have influenced you, what you've learned about yourself through them. Yep. That's right. um, it can just cause a lot of issues that can spiral into, you know, years, real and, and disease right. too, you With know, physical, and emotional, physical, stuff. emotional, mental. 
Yeah, you, people have been, you've lived the lesson. This is the problem. People have felt the lesson, lived the lesson. Yes. They've just not learned what was a part of the lesson. They have not slowed down to self-reflect mm -hmm. or to, to ask for help to reflect, et cetera. Right. So the lesson was there. You've lived it. You've been through it. You lost the money. You lost the relationship. Sure. You lost the health. But yeah. you know, did you learn from it so that you can you can feel pride in taking charge right. uh, with help, with help uh, yeah. to, to move ahead? Yeah. So uh, I kind of want to invite our visitors, like maybe go go through this little exercise on your own, sure. our listeners. Did I say visitors? I think I said visitors. Visitors are good enough for me. If you're visiting with us today, I feel like I'm at church. Okay, so <laughs> I'm at <laughs> our listeners, you know, go through this exercise either on your own or with someone else. You know, think of a couple of, you know, experiences or times in your life where you felt like you failed or missed the mark on something. Yes. And ask yourself, you know, what were the expectations that I had of myself going into it? And where did those come from? How did it make me feel after I went this through this experience? And how long did it last? And then finally, what lessons did I learn? And what were the unexpected outcomes from that experience or choice that you mm -hmm. made? And I, I can pretty much guarantee that you will feel better about whatever that thing is that you started off as introducing as a failure. And maybe you'll be able to reframe it and think about it as something else, maybe a launching point, mm -hmm. an opportunity, a turning point, um, a challenge, an obstacle that you overcame. Um, and, you know, that has a lot of other add-on effects for the rest of your life. So we invite you to try that exercise yourself. Um, in our next part of this discussion, we're actually going to talk about um, more deeply into sort of expectations and especially um, Dr. Tadros has an excellent collection of things that kind of society tends to tell us that it's necessary to do something in a certain way. And we're going to uh, go more into the conversation that we were sort of having at the end here about how there are lots of different ways to have a good life and to um, be you know, a productive and happy human being. So. Yep. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us today. As always, you can contact us on the pod at notyourdocpod at gmail.com. Send us your questions, your feedback. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. Um, you can visit us at our website as well at notyourdoc.com, where we've got all of our episodes, plus a link to Dr. Tadros's blog, which is, of course, the inspiration for all of this. Thanks so much, Seth and Dr. Tadros. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Vanessa. We will be back again, everyone. This previous podcast represents my opinions and the opinions of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I'm not establishing a physician-patient relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions that you may have.